Risen Radio is a production of Risen Church of Lincoln, North Carolina. It's co-hosted by myself, Justin Hauser, and my friend, Brandon Hebner. Brandon and I have known each other for a very long time, went to school together, and began our ministry around the same time. We both are pastors who have a goal and a passion uh, to lead God's people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help build His church and grow His kingdom. We hope this episode is a blessing to you. We appreciate your feedback. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Risen Radio. I'm Justin. I'm Brandon. And this is week two, episode two of our uh, hopefully consistent run of podcasts where uh, we talk about the church. We talk about the Bible. Um, if you don't know, uh, we are both pastors. I'm a pastor here in Lincolnton, uh, of course, at Risen Church. Brandon, uh, remind everybody who you are and where you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at St. Mark's Lutheran Church uh, here in Bethlehem Township, a little suburb of the, the city of Bethlehem. So. A native of Lincolnton, though. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Southern at heart. The accent will come out every once in a while. So if you're listening to this from our uh, from the Risen page and from my um, uh, sharing, uh, yeah, Brandon is a local local guy. So uh, he's one of us. Um, and yeah, don't be too hard on me. And if you're from PA and you're listening and you're wondering who I am, I'm sometimes one of you theologically in terms of the the church. I don't know about the culture up there, but um, uh, also well, around I, where the we town are, was nice, great pizza. Oh yeah, it is. It's it's a good good place to be. And and so Bethlehem is is primarily in Pennsylvania Dutch country, which is basically just to say that a lot of Germans settled here, and so a lot of Germans settled down around Lincolnton. So yeah, I'm from culturally Bethlehem. not too different, really. Once yeah, you I think Abraham it. and Peter Hauser, the ancestors, uh, they were there first, and then they came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I've, uh, I've heard of some Hausers around here too. Yeah, so that's not what this show is about. Um, this show is about uh, Brandon and I just having some small talk, catching up, and bring in a uh, scriptural based topic to the table and talking about it for 20 minutes or so. If you like the show and uh, you find it interesting, would you spread the word uh, about uh, uh, what we're doing here and hopefully get some more listeners and maybe in the future we'll have some uh, listener feedback and, and, and make that a part of the show. We're just getting started. So uh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe not. But today Brandon is going to lead the conversation Um uh, around uh, and from God's word and, and around a very particular uh, and very important uh, subject. So, Brandon, uh, why don't you introduce it to us today? Yeah, sure. So last week, as we were talking either before or after the show, maybe even some during it, you know, we we talk about what it means to be, you know, followers of, of Jesus, believers in, in, in the risen Lord. And and part of that, it, it, you know, of course, our identity as Christians is deeply tied to Jesus's passion, right? His life, death, and, and, and ultimately his resurrection. Um, but without the incarnation, right, Jesus's uh, enfleshment uh, and, and dwelling among us, the, the, the passion loses something, right? Because uh, in the early history of the church, lots of debate about, you know, is Jesus really a person? Is, is he fully divine? You know, how, how does all that work? And, and our understanding of, of who God is as the word made flesh dwelling among us uh, is, is also just as foundational, as important to our Christian identity as Jesus's uh, death and resurrection. So we're going to talk about the incarnation today. Um and to do that, we'll, we'll start with uh, just a verse from uh, John chapter one. I'm not sure how things go uh, around Christmas uh, for for your you know particular worship uh, at, at Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I know that 
I try to make sure that this passage from John 1 is heard and proclaimed on that night. And I'm sure that Justin does the same in addition to, uh, you know, the, the Luke and, and Matthew narrative about Jesus, you know, being born in a, in a manger. But hearing about this, this word made flesh is really, really foundational to who we are as Christians. So uh, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Um, there's a lot packed into that. Uh, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful piece of, of poetry from, from John. Um, before we dive in, into more about, you know, the incarnation, does Justin have anything he wants to throw in there at this point? No, I echo that that is a, you know, when we think about Christmas, we read you know, uh, Matthew and, and Luke's accounts. Um, and, uh, you know, John, uh, unfortunately, gets left out of that sometimes. But I think, yeah, I agree. John 1 is, is you know, really kind of, it defines what Christmas is. And, you know, whereas Luke and Matthew's stories, you kind of figure out Jesus as the story goes on. Of course, you understand they're writing from a very, they're writing because they've already concluded that Jesus is the son of God. But John lets you know it right up front. Hey, I'm writing about this, this guy who's changed my life, you know, uh, and, and I want you to go ahead. I want you to know up front, this is who he is and this is why he came. And, you know, John just kind of puts that, that verse about the incarnation you know that was something that had not happened obviously there was not an incarnation before it was a brand new category a brand new paradigm for people to really wrap their minds around and people 2000 years later still haven't figured it out you know um but i uh, i think that last christmas um i did a message called what incarnation Nobody got the joke whenever I, uh, um, when that's I, hilarious. I don't, I don't know how I didn't hear that. I don't normally like open up my messages with my titles, but I have like a title card, you know, behind me with the scripture at the bottom of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, that particular uh, Sunday, I, you know, said, Hey, you know, I, I made a point to say the title. So I thought people hearing my inflection would make the connection between what incarnation and what incarnation. But oh, that's hilarious to me. I don't, I don't know why they didn't laugh. <laughs> some people chuckled, but, um, no, but my message was, and this was something that I had been, you know, through some reading and some study last fall was really had never really gotten well studied or well, you know, been able to articulate, you know, that kind of that message pertaining to Christmas, pertaining to what the church is and who the church is and, and what our connection to, um, the, the incarnation of Christ. So, uh, yeah, what incarnation, the, the point of that message was that the local church is a direct result and a direct reflection of the incarnation of Christ. Um, that, you know, God became a literal man. So when we say the church is his body, um, he's referring to a literal body. So we make up the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. So there's that through line between when Jesus ascended to heaven after the resurrection um, and he commissioned the church to, he established the church and commissioned us to go and, and grow as a church um, that, you know, the incarnation, of course, Jesus seated at the right hand of the father in heaven. Um, we carry that forward. Um, and, you know, where Brandon and I really want to take this conversation today is, is talk about how the church does embody the, the, the does embody Christ and, and and does carry that incarnational um, message on, um, which I don't think is I, I I think I don't think and I know that it, it's not a very front and center you know 
idea when it comes to, hey, you know, what is the local church and who is the local church and why is it important? You know, we, we give all these reasons as to why people should be a part of the church. And sometimes I think we miss the biggest one. Um, and I speak from a Baptist evangelical perspective. And, and I think even, even from some of the liturgical and from Brandon, I think even from your background, I think sometimes that's, there's a big point to be made there that I don't think is made to, to kind of help, um, to help explain some of the things that you do, things that we do as a church. Um, I think there's kind of a, there, there's, there's some, uh, what's the word? There's some tools there that could be used that aren't used. So that's kind of what inspired this conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, to, to echo what, what Justin's been saying before the birth of Jesus, it was unfathomable that God or, or any God, right. In any, any non-Jewish religion that, that a deity would become human right i mean even in your 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 greek literature right when zeus takes the form of a human he does just that he takes the form he oh, yes. he, he looks different but his 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 nature isn't changed fully his nature with right right and and so so what john is setting up here at the beginning of of his gospel what matthew mark and luke get to throughout the course of theirs is that jesus as the word made flesh, as God incarnate is fundamentally and foundationally different than any other religious experience with a God in human form. Um, and that has implications for everything that we do and everything that we are, right? Because going back to your Greek literature, right? When Zeus takes on form and comes and interacts with people. He goes back to Olympus and just kind of, you know, leaves that little piece of the world in chaos. Right. But, but, oh, yeah. but when, there's, there's a detached in, in, in the Greek, in the pagan religions, when one of the gods came down, they left dynamite behind, you know, right. They blow something yep. up. You know, they, they didn't right. come down because they want, you know, the, a, a, a phrase I use, you know, in, in Greek and Roman uh, mythology, the gods played and people paid. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. there was no for God so loved, right? No. It was for God so toyed or for God or for the gods so, you know, uh, um, bemoaned or, you know, humanity was a, was a burden, you know. And, mm -hmm. and I think a lot, of, a lot of the Jews had come to that place because they had lost hope that God had, you know, the, the covenantal God of the Old Testament. They had lost hope that there was this plan for redemption and that there was this God who, you know, who maybe whether he loved the world or not, that he loved them. And they were questioning that. And then John comes along, introduces Jesus and says, not just, not only does God, has God kept his covenant with Israel, does God love Israel, but God loves the world, you know? So mm -hmm. when, when, and I think that's so important when, when John says the word became flesh and dwelt among us, he's not just saying the word became, obviously Jesus was a Jewish man. He was you mm -hmm. know very much Jewish and very much rooted in the Jewish heritage, but he, it was more than that. It was humanity. You're right. Right. It, the word became one of us, uh, you know, one of, of, of our species, one of our, our race. And, and that's, you know, bringing that and, and obviously that's beyond our comprehension to ever understand it. it happened one time. It was, you know, it's an anomaly. So trying to wrap our minds around it is really impossible, you know, that, that God and flesh became one. And yet the, the sinful, the sinfulness that we inherited from Adam and Jesus didn't have that, right. Because he was what Adam wasn't and he would do what Adam couldn't and undo what Adam did. 
um, and establish a new humanity. And that's really the theme of the New Testament, right? That, that right. Paul talks about when Paul says, if, any man, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Um, yeah. he's, he's, the, the new creation has come. You know, that's what Ephesians and Colossians, Paul talks about the new humanity, um, you know, bringing, breaking that wall down between the two. And when he says things like there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, you know, he's really saying, hey, all these categories and all these labels that we have put on our, 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 our race and on our, uh, our people, all those have been peeled off in Christ. Mm-hmm. establish something new and i think we forget sometimes that the church is that is is that that um you know that institution in that community that that carries on that message you know um and, and and that that brings that sense of unity and brings that sense of restoration and brings that sense of connection to god you know so you know what i guess what the I think the importance of, a, of this conversation for the average Christian, for the lay person is if the body of Christ, if the church carries that sense of incarnation, that we are with God and God is with us and that we function as his body, that we are the hands and feet of Christ, how important is it for us as a church and us as Christians to really make the most of the, of being a part of the church and, 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 yeah realizing and um you know relishing in that incarnational identity that we've been given right that you know paul says we're joint heirs with christ i mean that that all that is just you know beyond what we what any ancient religious person ever anticipated even the jews and what i think most christians don't understand it you know when jesus says we're two or three gather in my name there i am in the midst of you like that is you know, this isn't mysticism, but this is life on life, body, you know, next to one another. We, you know, under the institution that God has established. And I think where, where, you know, the, I think some of the church rituals and church traditions that we practice, we, maybe we, we, we fail to understand just what they carry. Right. Yep. And I think Brandon, you yep. can speak to this from, from Oh, for sure. Corner, like how important is, you know, the, 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 the celebration of baptism, how important it is taking from the table. You know, and and beyond that, how important is, you know, going through these outward expressions of our faith? Right. And and so hearing all this, you may you may listeners be thinking, well, well, you know, that's all well and good. But where does it say that in Scripture? Well, really, it says it as as Justin's been saying all throughout. Right. The creative force of God from back in Genesis one that brought life and, and creation into being from where there was nothing is the same creative force of God that confined itself to our human limitations and walked on this earth and, and dwelled the, 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 the Greek word there is, is the same that's used for the tabernacle in, oh, yeah. in the old, right. Tabernacled among us, right. Was in the midst of the people. And, and so then as you go through and you track through the rest of the gospels and Jesus's life and ministry, right. He's constantly tabernacling in and among the people. And then after his death and resurrection, what's he doing, right? He's called disciples to himself. He's given them this ministry. And then before his ascension in uh, Luke's gospel, and then, you know, uh, John, uh, you know, 20 breathes on his disciples, his own Holy spirit, right? So this creative power of God that has, has taken on human flesh and limitation is giving itself and putting itself onto those whom Jesus has drawn to himself as disciples, right? And so then at Pentecost, right, you know, 40 days later after the, the 50 days after Easter, you know, four, uh, 10 days after the ascension, that's where the 40 came from, um, the disciples receive 
again, this gift of the spirit coming on and laying on them as tongues of fire and equipping them and drawing them even closer into the resurrection life of Jesus, right? And so then when you come to what the early church is doing there in the book of Acts, they're doing all of this as people who have Jesus in them by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, which is exactly the same way that, that Matthew and Luke teach us and tell us how the incarnation happened. The spirit came upon Mary, impregnated her, and Jesus was born, right? It is that spirit that gives us um, the incarnational presence of God. And so when we talk about the importance of gathering as a local church, the importance of worshiping, of, of receiving from the table, of celebrating a baptism, right? In each of those moments, what we're doing is we're marking the places where that spirit continues to come among God's people, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it's not you by your own power or gumption getting up on a Sunday morning, getting dressed and going to worship. It's that spirit prodding you and leading you and drawing you back to that place where Christian community and fellowship can be felt and experienced and shared, right? Um, it is that spirit coming and, and drawing us together as Jesus's body, right? Because when you look through all of the gospels and even later in, in the Paul's letters and the rest of the new Testament, the physicality, right? The, 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 the embodiment, the enfleshment tethering to right of, of what Jesus is and how are we relate to Jesus is central. Hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, and being, you know, how many times does Paul use the, the, the phrase in Christ in Christ, right? You know, um, and, and John's language is, is abiding, right? Yeah. Um, John uses abiding, you know, and, and you read, you know, the Pauline letters where he talks about being in Christ. You, you know, how many times does John in his epistles refer to one another, right? Right. Um, you know, so you have these, you know, each apostle had their own gifted way of, of capturing this and, and communicating this. Um, you know, and then you, you think about, um, like the idea of being tethered to the idea of kind of grounding us together which i think is so important in today and you know this might be speaking to my audience more than yours but like there's so much emotionalism in the church and I, you know i believe there are clearly we're talking physical there's feelings that are involved nothing wrong with that but i think the the new testament wants us to ground our faith in these in these uh uh, institution in the institution of the church and what the church represents and the things that kind of are tangible representations and connections to what was established of old because like brandon said the spirit of god is the one who's prodding the one who's guiding the one who's leading us and you know the church helps us to see that unchanging nature of the holy spirit who is always leading god's people gathering god's people mm -hmm. equipping god's people you know we live in such an emotional time and you know we are we are so it's so easy to feel like you are where you need to be one day and the next day feel as if you are farther farthest away than you could ever be and we ride those waves of emotionalism and the church and and what i think we miss about the incarnation incarnational theology as it's represented in the church and the things the church the traditions and the practices of the local church and the community of the local church when when we drift away from that we set ourselves up into a very vulnerable place um mm -hmm. a, a place where we are so sensitive to circumstances and so conditioned by you know by you know how what we see and and how we feel and we lose that sense of faith and we lose yeah. that sense of that that comes from and that is strengthened by the faith community um right. and I, I think that is that is a that is an invaluable re reminder i believe the word gives us about 
why the church is important more than just going and sitting in your pew, but participating in, in, in being a part of that body and, and realizing that when you do pick up your hymnal and you sing with your congregation and when you do, you know, uh, take from the table and when you do, you know, confess and you respond and you take notes even and you do all do the, what you do, you are participating in something that is bigger and beyond you. You know, and you can't get that. And I know we're speaking in, in uh, after the last couple, you know, last year and a half, things have been different, which is, you know, taking us away from church and all that stuff, you know, and, and, and again, that makes it even more harder. And while we should pray even more, you know, passionately for us to overcome this, but, you know, in, in ideal circumstances and not a crazy uh, pandemic strict world struck world. That's why it's so important to be in the body of Christ and be in the, the house, you know, together and, and something that cannot be replicated elsewhere. And, you know, back, yes, to all of that, how we experience God's presence in us as, you know, uh, persons who, who profess, profess, you know, belief in Jesus is, is also to say that we believe in the work that Jesus did and does among us still, right, which is bigger and broader and further beyond our own, you know, personal worldview than, than we could possibly imagine. And, and, and even beyond those gathered in that local church uh, in, in the pew beside of us, right? It's, it's the church up the road. It's the church, you know, 10 states away. It is the church around the globe that it's that same spirit who comes and makes God present in, through, and for us by the incarnation of Jesus, right? And how we experience that, you know, so, so, Justin and I come from two different, you know, faith traditions. Um, one of the things that, when I say faith traditions, I'm talking about denominational expressions of Christianity, not two, right? One's Christian, one's not, right? Um, we come from two different, you know, expressions of, of the Christian faith. And, and one of the things that that uh, defines us as unique is our understanding of, of what we call sacraments or ordinances. Um, what has God given us? to uh, draw us into that incarnational relationship. Because it, at the end of the day, that's what the incarnation is about. It is about relationship. God continuing to come, to dwell with, to be with, to draw people into the life of Jesus. And so as, as, as Protestants, right, we, we primarily look to two sacraments or ordinances that are um, central to our understanding of this is where we see Jesus incarnate here now in, with, and among us. Um, and that would be baptism and Holy Communion or the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. Um, Sometimes it's the Lord's lunch, you know. Lord's lunch, whatever you, whatever language you want to do. I don't like right. using the Lord's Supper okay. because we rarely ever do it at night, except Christmas right. Eve. Right. Um, well, and, and so then, you know, can, can we call it the, the, the Lord's bath or, or the Lord's shower, you know, for baptism? Lord's know? immersion. Yeah bath would, would work for that. Um, right. And so then, right. We're already getting yeah. kind of insider outsider language deep yeah. into the weeds of even, even the differences in practices. Oh, they, right. They and know, so they know that they know what immersion means. Frankly. Sure. But you know, like, like what they, what they may not know from a Lutheran perspective is that we don't typically practice. Um, uh, we don't require immersion to be the mode of baptism. Right. And, and so how do we talk about um, Jesus with us and for us in those ways 
through all of these differences, right? And we're going to get down a rabbit hole really, really quick here um, if we don't tie it back to that incarnational piece, right? But but the reason that that we look to these, um, Justin had, had pulled up another verse here in our chat um, from Acts 2, I guess that's like, what, 30 to 32? Uh, 41, uh, 40. it's like 41 through verses 37. Later. Yeah. Okay. You'll read that for us, yeah. please. Uh, and this is kind of the summation after Pentecost, after there's a great outpouring of, of the Spirit, a great um, response, uh, and, and thousands of people are baptized and join the church. Uh, Luke tells us, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done among done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and all, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions, belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Uh, and, and that's that's sort of like I think Luke gives us that here at the beginning or right as the church gets started for us to, rem to remember. This is kind of where when, when you're not reading – Luke's accounts of the miracles and all the great, you know, sermons that were preached. This is kind of the day to day that the church looked like. You know, this is, you know, the the the, the chapter spotlight Peter and Paul and Philip and and you know Paul uh, and John and the people on on mission. But ninety nine percent of the church is this. Um, it's mm -hmm. they're back there, you know, and, and literally day to day because many of them had lost their jobs and and it was illegal mm -hmm. because as Christians they were you know, they were not welcome right. and all that. So literally day to day. And, and, and we look at it, you know, that's where I think the biggest difference is for us. Cause we, we look at it Sunday to Sunday. Um, but yep. it's more than that. Uh, you know, but the, the, the important thing here that you get from Luke is this sense of belonging, um, this sense of they belonged to this community and that they functioned as a part of this community and they saw themselves as, um, they saw this community as essential to their, not just, you know, weekly lives, but their daily lives. Mm -hmm. um, and you hear over and over again, the breaking of bread. And, and of course, I believe that's, you know, we, you know, we Southerners would just say all oh, they were just sharing a meal together. And I think that obviously right. is alluding to, you know, the Lord's Supper, the, the sharing right. of the body of Christ. And, you know, I think that the one thing that uh, Baptists don't, think enough about it we don't talk enough about it just because we have uh, sometimes i think it's like this weird response to the way other people do it and the way we want to distinguish that we how we want to distinguish that we're different but you know the lord's supper carrying the body and the blood of christ and and bringing that you know bringing those tangible uh, uh reminders of what christ did for us and what christ does in us you know, in having that tangible, um, the, the, those tangible elements and making, you know, taking from the table, um, you know, it, doing that together, not just doing it, you know, and it's not a thing you do by yourself, but doing that together, it shows the, the, um, the, the, the democratization of, of mm -hmm. Christ that he has been available, he is available to all, um, and that he is accessible to all, you know, and, you know, we think about it in the old Testament, only certain people got behind the Holy of Holies or the Ark of the covenant to, to even connect with God, but Jesus is available to everybody. Um, 
and taking those elements, you know, taking, taking the body, taking the blood of Christ, um, you know, that there is a spiritual now where I think sometimes where people disagree is, you know, is it what you bring to the table that makes the difference or is it what's on the table? I don't think it's, and I think that it's, it's bigger than that. It's who's presiding over the table right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's who is presiding over us. And as Paul says, in us and through us and around us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's those outward expressions of worship. Um, they, they carry that, they carry such a, an important reminder of what can be inside of us. Um, and, and I believe as Christ broke his, you know, when he broke the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Like when we hold that in our hands, do you realize what Jesus did for you when you hold that cup and you think about that? You know, I think we don't, we don't think enough about what Christ did for us. And I think that the one thing that Baptists, what we have done, the, the shame we have done or the damage we've done in terms of, terms of communion is that we've made people, we've, we've took away that moment of reflection and that moment of spiritual nourishment that can come and does come from tangibly taking you know the the body and blood of christ and allowing the spirit of god to internalize that and per and 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 not personalize it and make it what we want it to be but make it personal to us you know yeah and 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 similar in the lutheran tradition right i mean every all right right like i said at the beginning right everything that we do as christians is reflected and understood through the lens of Jesus's passion, his, his death, resurrection, and, and, and ascension. Um, and, and, and the Lord's supper, the Lord's lunch, uh, Holy communion, right? That don't is, say, don't that, ever call it the Lord's lunch again, Brian. That was, that, that was the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> I know it was. That's why I repeated it because it came from you. Um, right. That is the, the touchstone to that, that passion, right? It, it's done on the Eve, uh, of, of Jesus's arrest and crucifixion. Um, it, it is what ties us to that and what Jesus has done for us and continues to do for us at the right hand of God. Back to that, that, you know, reading from acts two, right. Um, you know, verse 41, the verse right before that is the end of Peter's Pentecost sermon. Right. And uh, so Luke tells us, so those who received his words uh, were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls, right? So from the early days of the church, right, the, these two things are central to this life together, things that Jesus had, had instructed his disciples to do um, throughout, you know, the, the earlier gospels, baptize and share this meal, right? Break bread. Um, right, just, Justin's comment, right, is it, is it what we bring to the table or is it what's on the table? Is it what we bring to the font or is it what's in the font. Um, no, absolutely right. It is, it's who presides over those spaces. Who is the one who comes near to us and uses those, those physical, um, limited gifts, right? Because water can, can, you know, be, be poisoned and bread and, and, you know, the fruit of the vine can spoil, but, but God still uses those gifts just as God, you know, took on human flesh that is weak and brittle and can die and rot. Um, to dwell among us. And, and so who is, who is the one coming near to us in those spaces, in those ways? And as, as we Christians look to these gifts, right? Because, because whether you call it a sacrament or an ordinance, at the end of the day, it is a gift. It is something from God for us. Um, when we look to these gifts, that, that piece of actually reflecting on what God is doing 
for us through them. I, I think it's lost, right? Um, coming from the Lutheran tradition, right? Luther has a lot of uh, little handy quips and quotes that you can pull out for some of these things. You know, uh, every time you get up in the morning and you wash your face, remember your baptism, right? Remember what God has done for you through the waters. And, and the same with the table, right? You know, um, what, what, what importance is laid on that isn't that the, the priest or the pastor is, is, you know, holy or upright or a particular standard um, that, that of course is encouraged. But, but at the end of the day, what, what matters is that Jesus said, this is for you. Um, and what is for you is my own body and my own blood. So as we receive these gifts um, for the adoption that we receive into the body of Christ, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and for uh, the cleansing of our sin, right? That is God coming near to us relationally, incarnationally, um, to transform us into God's own image as God's own children. Uh, when we receive, you know, the, the bread and, and the fruit of the vine, right? Jesus said, do this uh, in remembrance of me for the forgiveness of sin, right? Um, I came to offer you forgiveness. Remember that, right? Cling to that, hold to that. And even that word for remembrance, right? It's not just a mental cognitive reflection on a past event. Um, it, 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 it's, it, it also has this element of regathering, right? Uh, reconstituting something, uh, remembering something that has been broken, right? And, and so when Paul um, talks, or, or even Jesus, right, talks about a member of the body that either afflicts itself or is hurt and the rest of the body suffers for it, Jesus is saying, this is my body that has been broken for you. Do this for its remembrance, its reconstitution, its wholeness. Receive this gift of forgiveness that draws us back together in God. Um, right, that incarnational piece of God taking on something that is um, fragile and making it holy for our sake is what lies at the heart of these these sacramental ordinances. And in that, I think that you can't. There's, you know, it can't be emphasized enough how. Um, how imp how essential how important um, in the New Testament message is that those things bring us together they unite us as a people yeah. you know and they yeah. they remind us that we're not just walking in and sitting in our pew and then leaving and, say, and maybe shaking hands or maybe waving and maybe intersecting with somebody <laughs> but that we are a part of something that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves you know right and I think right. that you know I, I want to touch on this you you mentioned about Luther talking about washing your face remembering it. I think that you know, God using these very basic elements, you know, water and, and the fruit of the vine and, and bread, you know, these very essential things that were a part of, you know, an ancient world, you know, they, they were so aware of how essential those things are today in our world, those things are so commoditized. And so, you know, we, it, it doesn't, it doesn't register. And that's why I think church, again, that's why it's so important to hear, to kind of simplify what our, what our, what our, um, what we lean on and what we trust in, but, or what we, are thankful for, but God using those elements to make a deeper impact shows how God is redeeming all things. You know, this idea right. that, and that God is not, 
a God who opposes the flesh or hates, you know, and I don't mean flesh in a sinful way. I mean, flesh in a physical way that God is not an anti-physical God, that God is a God who loves the world and he loves creation and he made flesh. He made things. And, you know, this, I, there, there's sometimes I think we, you know, the spirit of God doesn't replace the flesh, but he comes to it and uses it and redeems Mm -hmm. it. And I think there's this, you know, there's, there's this Gnostic thread that continues in the church uh, from way back that, that wants to, you know, that wants to basically kind of corner us away from the world. And basically, I think all that is this, this attempt from the enemy to kind of just, you know, distract us and to um, take us out of our mission field. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, sure. Uh, So ultimately make us so, uh, you know, just kind of, I don't know. I, I think it just makes us really um, lose the sense of, of what God wants to do in the world and, and, and forget that he is a God who wasn't just a phantom who appeared to be flesh. He was, and he is, I mean, right now in heaven, there, you know, heaven is a spiritual place full of spiritual beings. Right. And mm-hmm. regardless of how you, you view the afterlife, you know, if, if, if every soul who has passed away is in heaven, every, angel and every soul and God himself, they are spiritual creatures. Yet Mm -hmm. on the throne, there is a physical flesh, fleshly man, right? There is a human being on the throne of God. I don't know how that, I don't know what the distinction is. I don't know what, how different it is, if they can tell. I just think that is a big deal, right? That there is a living, breathing human being on the throne of God. He is God. In a, in a, and that shows that God's goal, read Revelation, his goal is to bring heaven to earth and br- to unite those two things. And when we get to, when we come to church and we, you know, celebrate, uh, you know, baptism and we take communion and, and any other thing that builds on those, that builds beyond that, you know, we, we are reminded of the God who is in the business of redeeming, you yeah, know, um, for sure. what is, and I think those, you know, we can't, you know, the church, the importance of, and of course, two pastors are talking about the importance of the church. What else, you know, if we didn't, we wouldn't, we'd be bad at our jobs, but you know what I mean? But of course mm-hmm. we're saying this, but I think things that help visualize and verbalize our faith, you know, they, God, God built those into our, our faith to, um, to, because he knows how easy we are to be discouraged and drift away, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and no, look no farther than what the last year and a half has done to the church and done to faithfulness and attendance. And of course, there's some that can't because of their, you know, compromised situation. <laughs> but regardless, it's, it's no secret. Church attendance is not before the pandemic. Church attendance is not what it yeah. was, you know. Um, right. And it's because I think over time we've de-emphasized. Um, and of course, you're saved by grace through faith, not of your yeah, works, not of a place. But it's you can't overstate the importance of um Mm -hmm. what the local church gives us and brings to us and what you know when we're part of it um you know and it's and again it's you know i I, as a christian i don't boast about what i do and how i do it i i rest in why i do it and who i experience through it Mm -hmm. i think that's important for us as christians to remember that we don't boast about you know, I think this is what divides the church because we boast about what we do and how we do it rather than resting in why do we do it and who do we experience through it? And we, we, we do it for Jesus, right? And we do it because his church is that gift of community and carries that blessing of salvation. And we experience him through it, right? And, and, and if we didn't, if, if we just came together and just had a good time, you know, what, what good is that going to do? 
but yeah. we experience Christ and there is something that you cannot replicate anywhere else. And I know this conversation has been kind of rambling, but I, you know, I think the, 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 the goal of it was to help bring a, maybe a renewed sense of appreciation for, and maybe connect some of those dots. Next time you read, next time you go to church and somebody's baptized or next time you go to church and, and the table is set and you go through, it's not just, Hey, another Sunday, another fifth Sunday, another fourth, another, you know, it's not just another, Oh, well, somebody, you know, came to Christ or a new family joined the church. It's more than that. It's the body of Christ, you know, uh, it, it being, it, it's, it's the aura of heaven kind of shining a little brighter, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and those things yeah. when they're practiced and, and beyond that, you know, when you sing that song and when you, you know, uh, digest the, the the sermon, and when you participate in the things that you do as a church, even fellowship that 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 you know that that you do afterwards, you are carrying on that tradition and that that you're you're tethered yeah. to that that holy uh, you know body of Christ, and that is that is something that cannot I don't think I think has been so de-emphasized in in a world of individualism and in a world of um, of I mean, I'm busy and I've got, but you know, I'm glad I can go down. I'm glad God's with me wherever I go. And he is with you wherever you go, mm-hmm. but you aren't with each other wherever you go. Right. Sure. Yep. Your brother and sister in Christ are not with you all the time. And that's because you're, you live your own lives, but in church and gathered together, you are realizing that John 1 14 reality, the yep. word became flesh and dwelt among us. And when you are with your brother and sister in Christ, you're carrying that torch forward. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and what did Jesus say in John 17? Father, I do not ask that you remove them from this world. Keep them from the evil of this world. And as you sent me to this world, so I am sending them. Mm-hmm. And hey, there's strength in numbers, right? You know, right. We're, we're sent together um, and gathering together in, in the local church is, is a part of being sent. And it's a part of being seen and it's a, it's a part of being strengthened. And that's, that's, that is, um, that is something that, uh, is too good for us to really, uh, have as, as, as sinners, but because of Christians, because we're Christians, we, we have that blessing. So, um, yeah. Brandon, you got, you brought a lot of great insight to the table. Um, to yeah, do- well, and, and just, just to kind of cap onto that, you know, the, the that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and, and being re remembered, reconstituted as, as Jesus's body, as a, a local faith community, as, as a, as a, an association of, of faith communities spread across time and space and distance. That is how we have seen Jesus's glory, right? The glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth that, that God is remembering uh, God's people through Jesus's presence in our lives. And so then Right. We look to uh, the, the gathered, you know, assembly of the faithful. We look to the table and to the font as places where we say this is where we see Jesus um, as we go about the rest of our week and our day. And we we experience God in nature or in the, the generosity and people that that meet us along the way. Um, part of the beauty of that is that God is still gathering us back together with with the rest of the Christian faithful to say, look at where else I saw God this week, not just here in this most important space, but that incarnation is happening in the world, which God loves so much, so much so, right. That, that as people of faith, back to what, you know, he was saying earlier, this, this Gnostic thread of, of over spiritualizing everything to the point that we, we actually hate our physical world, 
right? Um, I mean, we, we do that all the time, right? We, we hate our own bodies. We hate our neighbors because COVID hasn't just, you know, made it where church attendance goes down. It's made it where people have been distanced from one another to the point that we, we hate one another when we go to the grocery store and people cut us off oh, in yeah. the aisle. Right. Yeah. And, and the beauty of what God does through the spirit of bringing Jesus's flesh to us, right. As we experience it is that, that we are being remembered. We're being brought back together for the sake of uh, the God who became flesh and dwelt among us. We, are, so, we humanity is being, you know, every, even if you go to church and there's just two or three, there, right. Yeah. Humanity is being restored yep. in those moments. And that is think about Adam and Eve, you know, and then they have Cain and Abel and one kills the other. And there's just three of them. Right. Mm. From that, you know, humanity was broken when Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam sinned. But you think about the, the scene uh, and just kind of the feeling in the air when mm. when Cain killed Abel. And it's just the three of them now. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. sitting there. Humanity, it, it was broken in Eden, but it was it was shattered yeah. because literally one took the other's life. But yeah. in, in many ways lessened because there is one less member. Yeah. So then. Yeah. You look at, you know, think about when Jesus, you know, and I don't know if this is what he was alluding to, who knows, but when he says two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I was with them in Eden and they lost it, you know, yeah. and yeah. and now all these years later, when you come together with your brother and sister in Christ, um, even if it's just two or three, yeah. um, and, and in many cases, it's much more than that. Uh, yeah. But regardless when it's you and someone else and a few uh, you and a few others you are seeing humanity restored and when you watch the news and when you observe the world through different forms and you see how broken we are the church is that light that gets sent to the world and there's such that you know that's a story that needs to be told about the church because there's so much there's so much that gets told and so much that gets reported that's just negative and just doesn't really it's not productive but tell that story that, you know what, humanity is being restored. We are being built back together, not at the rate we would like to be, no. but nonetheless, we only can, we're responsible for what, how we respond to God. So when you take from the table and when you hear from the word and when you gather in the, in the, in the community and in, in the sanctuary with your brother and sister in Christ, just know what that the work God is doing there. Number one, it's not insignificant um, that it's, very significant and it's so vital not just to you but also to all of creation yeah because it is building towards and when you do that you're saying even so come mm -hmm. um and yep. until you come i'm gonna continue to prioritize um this the utmost yeah um, for sure and and as we gather with others right where, where two or three are gathered as you gather here with us to listen to this this podcast that I think Justin's indicating to me, we've, we've gone past our time, right? As you gather with your, your, your Christian faith community and, and um, represent Jesus in the ways that God calls us to in our life, right? Um, the incarnation is happening for those people too, that yeah, they can so experience like this. Yeah. Jesus come among them now, even as we still say. Yeah. Stuck around for the whole show today, a little longer than our 30 minute uh, digestible um goal um I, I i we can go hey I, this is about the length of my sermons uh, sometimes oh well no 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 no. you've gone past mine my people with yeah you, no no but well regardless <laughs> um thank you for joining us for risen radio today episode two uh 
let's call it what incarnation. Maybe maybe the listeners will get the joke to this show. Maybe, um, hopefully maybe so. If not, by the end of it, they will. Yeah. So hope this has been a blessing to you. If it has, uh, give us some feedback. Uh, you can comment here on the Facebook post. Send us messages uh, if you would like, uh, and hopefully we'll get you guys involved in our show going forward. But until next week, I've been Justin. I've been Brandon. And what am I? What did I, What did we say? Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we don't have a sign-off thing, so I'm not cutting that. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. <laughs>